Welcome to the Electricians Co-op. I'm your host, Rob Bross. And I'm Jamie Small. Today on the show, we've got Daniel Gabler from Laser Plumbing. But what the hell is a plumber doing on the Electricians Co-op? I don't know, Rob. What is a plumber doing on the Electricians Co-op? I don't know. Why don't we find out? Let's get started. G'day, Jamie. How are you, mate? Yeah, really good, Rob. How about yourself? Yeah, good, man. Excited to be recording another show. You've been gallivanting around New South Wales, having a little bit of fun. What's new in your world? Yeah, mate, my young my young son, Hudson, who's 11, played in the Sydney East Tournament over in Parks. There was about 20 teams, and they won it. They went through undefeated. They were the smallest side in the competition from about 20 teams, and they won the grand final 16-0, so three days of intense rugby league playing. A lot of good parents, a lot of good memories, and, yeah, the boys are really, really happy. So, yeah, very proud, and my eldest son, Hudson, is really chuffed to get the gold medal. Fantastic, man. Proud dad moments. It's great to hear. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here, mate. Nice to see you. Thank you very much for having me on. Are you nervous? Not one bit. Not one bit. Go a little bit closer to the mic for us there. There we go. That better? Yeah, we're going to get you up there like a radio DJ, mate. You're going to be doing a lot of these podcasts in the next couple of weeks, which is pretty exciting for you. Tell us a little bit about your business. You're from the Sutherland Shire as well. I am indeed. I've known Jamie, I don't know, five, six years. We seem to bump into each other all the time. So my business is probably similar size to Jamie's, probably run for... Similar time, I'd say. I think I'm in my eighth or ninth year of business, predominantly all over Sydney. I think most of your Sparkies will know Laser, the group. It is a franchise model, I guess. But yeah, things are things are changing in that world. There's a lot of insurance work coming through from the, the bigger O'Brien network. So yeah, there's some great things happening. Well, that's awesome. Well, you're the first plumber we've had on the podcast, which is really cool. And that we always wanted to have different tradies on the show because there's a lot of common threads between all of the different trade, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say, which is really cool. But one of the things that you've done, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, is you've written a book. Tell us what that book's called. Yeah, the book's called The Centred Tradie. It's basically my story through my struggles with with mental health all the way through to starting a business, married early. And yeah, I guess we'll go into a few more topics. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to find out a little bit more about that. But I want to set the frame with that a little bit more before we dive in and talk about that book. Before we do, got a couple of announcements here at the top of the podcast, which is pretty cool. It's been a bit of a shifting gears in my life, in my business. Back by popular demand, really, is what I'm calling it, is I've had a bunch of people over the last couple of months asking me to help them with their Google AdWords and their digital marketing and their conversions and their websites and all that sort of stuff. So I decided to rebrand myself as Conversion Logic. So got lots of new, innovative things to share and a bunch of different things I want to share here on the podcast because I've been working quite a bit with a bunch of different tradies as well, which is really cool. So looking forward to sharing some of those learnings and I'm going to maybe do something that we could call like a site clinic back here on the podcast. So people listening into this can maybe take away one or two little sound bites and think, oh, yeah, wonder if that applies to my business and how can that actually help me? So I want to give back to the community a little bit. I charge a, a fairly decent chunk of change for my services. And that's because I'm pretty selective in who I work with. And that's only purely because I kind of left that industry about four or five years ago and didn't really want to get back into it. I wanted to move on from it, but just so many people asking for help. And I think there's a a lot of difficult times on the horizon ahead as we look at the economy, inflation, interest rates, and all those sorts of things. And that impacts tradies and impacts all sorts of people. So happy to be back in that space, helping people as much as I can, which is pretty exciting. I often hear a lot of Sparkies proud to say, I don't advertise. And I was one of those people at one point, and now that I'm doing SEO, not with Rob yet, but I am doing SEO with another character, and I probably generate five to 10 calls a week, and I wouldn't have got any of those calls if I wasn't optimizing my website. So it's all well and good. you got the most amazing website on the planet, but if no one can see it, what's the point? So I think if there's an opportunity to start doing SEO, you should be doing it because there's a lot of work out there. There are a lot of tie kickers, but all SEO can do is allow the phone to ring. It's up to you to turn that phone call into a paid job. Yeah, absolutely. I've been steering clear of the SEO work, just doing more advertising work and more, a lot of branding stuff actually. And I want to kick off the top of the show here by giving people something. They're listening to the show here. They want to get something out of it. And this will apply to plumbers as well as it applies to Sparkies. So one of the things that I was doing, someone asked me to, to help them with their advertising campaign, with their Google AdWords. And I had a look at what they were doing. And I said to them, 
them, have you done a competitor analysis recently? And they said, no. Uh, And I think just as a rule of thumb, tradies are too busy to look at other people's websites or even care. And fair enough, but it's a natural question for someone like me to ask because someone comes along and says, hey, can you help me get some more sales? Can you help me generate some more phone calls? That type of thing. But the really hard part about that is unless your message is congruent to what somebody's looking for on the front end, it's going to be a bit of a disconnect. So what what I saw was happening with this particular business and in, in this particular industry was they had their advertising dialed in really well. Their campaign looked really good. They had great AdWords. They had a great message. But when people were coming to their website, it didn't match up. And so there was a real disconnect between what the ad was saying and what the website was saying. And what I mean by that is somebody has a search query. They're looking for a plumber in the Sutherland Shire or an electrician in Bankstown or whatever they're looking for in the search query. The ad shows up perfectly matched to the actual query that somebody's got. But then when you get to the website, it's like, oh, hello, welcome to our site. And we've been in business since 1967. And it's just a complete disconnect from what the customer actually wants. So the way I can sum that up is by having a look at your website and ask yourself from the customer's perspective, are you seeing what I call the quantifiable end result? So what is it that you want the customer to do? You want to solve their problem. You want to solve their electrical problem, their plumbing problem, their building problem, whatever problem that that customer's got is your landing page where that person's arriving, solving that problem for them. And inevitably, when I looked at this guy's site and I looked at 10 of his nearest competitors, none of them were. And I was just scratching my head thinking, there's nothing wrong with your advertising campaign. You actually don't even need my services. Just go back to your website, change some of the copy, change some of the headlines and make it a little bit more reflective of what your service is actually going to do for somebody else. And I found that to be something quite empowering for them. And I didn't pick him up as a client. I didn't need to. I was like, there you go, Ben. There it is. You go and take care of it. And um, hopefully there's nothing wrong with your campaign. You don't need to to pay me any money to do that. You just need to go and fix your message on the front end. I find myself every three to four months going through competitors' websites and sort of seeing what they're doing. And what I find is when you type in on Google, say, Sublinshire Electrician, what seems to come up a lot is a lot of those ads for those big companies that are trying to get the service work. And what I find with a lot of those websites is there's there's no pictures of people or the people that own the business. So I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, Dan and Rob, but I think it's really important to have a photo of maybe the business owner to show, okay, this is who's representing the company and even the team to say, well, when I make a phone call, I'm going to speak to, say, Dan or Rob or Jamie and I know I'm going to get one of these people from the team out because a lot of them, they're just generic photos and pictures. So... And I often go and, and search those things and think, well, as a, as a consumer of other products other than electric, electrical, I wouldn't call those companies based on not being able to see who I'm calling. So I think that's really important. So if you've got a website and you don't have any photos of yourself, regardless of what you look like, and on that wall painting, but I think it's important to have your face on there, just so the person knows who they're calling. What do you think about that, boys? Yeah, it's a good call. What, what about you, Dan? How's your... How's your AdWords and your digital going for your business? Have you got the same sort of thing Jamie's talking about there? Yes and no. So with the with the laser franchise, we're sort of given parameters that we can work within for our website. They are getting a hell of a lot better. However, we fully own our socials. So Facebook, Instagram, that's been really great for us. I think tone of voice is super impactful for your clients. So they can actually see what the guys are up to and start to get a bit of a feel of a personality for the business. So what was that tone of voice? What's that? Sort of how, how you come across your oh, yeah. audience. Yeah. So, you know, for for the Facebook side of things, I really try to make it fun. Yeah. You can see the guys in action. You get to feel a little bit of the guys that are actually turning up at your house and doing the work rather than no one cares about the work that you're sort of mm. doing. Like you can put up all the photos in the world and all you're really going to attract is some other tradies that are trying, going to try and rip your photos apart. Yeah. So, yeah, specifically just keep it fun and, and, and about the guys. I've got an example of what how that works actually because on my Instagram I'll tend to put a photo of, say, you know, Dan on my Instagram and I'll put his name there. And we did a job the other day. Anyway, I've arrived at the job to introduce the boys to the client and the client goes, I feel like I already know these guys based yeah. off social media. So... I think, it, I think it's really important to do that 
And it's, sometimes it's hard, and I always say this to people with social media, if you're doing a social media post, try and get your face in the photo. It's not because you think you're amazing or anything like that, but it puts a face to what you're doing rather than putting your finger in the, the selfie photo, into the photo. And I find that works really, really well because it makes people feel like they know you before you turn up. So I think that's really important, and it creates that, it sort of breaks that barrier, that the ice-breaking moment when you meet someone for the first time. So... Yeah, definitely agree with that. I, I just want to close the loop on this, folks, by saying that have another look at your website and make sure you've got that quantifiable end result there that people, that customers can actually see. And when you look at your customers, or sorry, your competitors' websites, have a look at their sites and see if they're doing the same thing. If you were a customer of them, are you going to, what's the end result of using your service and how are you going to get a customer to, how does a customer feel after they've used your service? Are they satisfied? Do they have buyer's remorse? Is there something else going on there? I think that's a really important thing that's missing. And I'll close the loop completely here for you folks by saying that there's really one simple analogy that I can give to you. So imagine that there was two islands and there's a there's a person on one island by themselves and there's another island 10 miles away over here and on the deserted island, there's no food, no resources, no shelter, no anything. And then on the other side, there's food, water, shelter, connection. There's all sorts of things. Now, you come along in your little boat to that person at Island A, and you say to them, hey, you want me to take you over there to Island B? It's much better over there. And that person says, yep, yeah, I'd love to do that. Do you think that that person really cares about how they get to Island B? Probably not, right? Because they want your service already. So I want you to take away that analogy and ask yourself, if you're that person in the boat, if your business is that boat bridging the gap from point A to point B, are you presenting that in a way that's attractive enough to get somebody on board that? Because if somebody doesn't need to go from island A to island B, all the marketing in the world, all the branding, all the social media, SEO and advertising, it's just not going to help you at all. So you've got to be able to represent yourself in a way that meets the customer's needs when they're looking for your products and your services. I totally agree with that. All right, let's take a little break and we'll be right back. Hey there, Rob Bruss here. If this is your first time here at the Electricians Co-op, welcome. It's great to have you here. And if you're back for more, welcome back. Thank you for your loyalty. If you like what you hear on today's show, make sure you share this with your mates who are electricians. Jamie and I want to reach as many people as we can with the Electricians Co-op. And we want to help more people to break through to the next level in their career, their business, and their life. Dan, so you tell me you're telling me before about how your laser plumbing franchise, but you also mentioned the O'Brien fan- franchise as well. What's the gap between the two, and why is one different from the other? Yeah, so about three or four years ago, the O'Brien everyone would know O'Brien through their glass. They bought the Laser Group. So Laser started in New Zealand, I think, late '80s. Was brought to Australia early 2000s. It's a fantastic model. I joined the business support. I was I started my business really young. I was I was 24 when I started my, my plumbing business. Needed a little bit of help and direction with I guess running this, that that side of the business. They're, they're fantastic with the systems and processes, and that's exactly what I needed. I'm not really a super detailed orientated guy, so they sort of bridged the gap and really helped me do that. Yeah. So four years ago, O'Brien bought the Laser Group with the expectation that all the members were going to change over to O'Brien. So some of your members may see O'Brien Plumbing and Electrical driving around. I know they're about to do a huge TV campaign, but part of my contract is that I could stay laser for 20 years basically, which is fantastic that they've honoured that. I sort of wanted to sit back and, and really just wait and see how everything panned out before I made a decision O'Brien, Laser, whatever it might be. My contract is is five by five by five by five. So it gets renewed every five years. And this month is five years for me. So I, I was going to exit because I, I wasn't super happy within the group. But since O'Brien's come on board, there's been some really cool things happen. And I, I, I will give them huge credit. They did say early on that they were going to turn a tap on for a lot of insurance work. And that sort of didn't happen for a couple of years and now it really is starting to come through. So they're probably feeding, I don't know, $20,000 a month in work through through the business. So, yeah, it, it's it's huge. About probably six months ago, a guy from O'Brien approached us 
And he said, do you want to come on board with the O'Brien franchise? And I'm like, well, it's a compliment you've asked me. I want to hear a little bit more about it. So I sat down with him over a course of two or three weeks to sort of go through the process. And it seemed lucrative and I had to sacrifice ProMage that would become O'Brien, which I didn't really like. And he's tried to tell me about, you know, it's you're going to be part of something bigger. We want, I think we want to have 2,000 electricians across Australia to really dominate the industry. And I was almost... My arm was almost twisted to sort of come on board. I'm glad I didn't now looking back. But I suppose for anyone that's looking to sort of start a a business fresh, it is nice having that backing of someone bigger. So if you need any advice, you can ring someone that has got your best interest at heart. So I think for an established business, it's maybe not the most suitable thing, but definitely for someone starting, they can really accelerate your growth. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's... Personal preference, I know that there are a lot of established businesses that have joined the network. I think you do business really well. And from what I've seen with, with your socials, how you interact with your clients, you do you do that really well. For me, and as I said very early on, I, I wasn't a systems and process kind of guy. I was a great technician and I knew how I wanted to service my customers. But for me, you know, it was driving me nuts trying to into zero every night, trying to, you know, do all that kind of stuff without a specific process. And they were able to give me that platform. So yes, early on is fantastic, but I know that there are a lot of very established businesses that have joined for the lucrative insurance work, that kind of stuff. So I know pretty much every month that wages for a couple, for a fortnight are basically covered because of the insurance work coming in. And because insurance work isn't that profitable either though, is it? Look, it can be. During all of the the weather that we've had in Sydney, hugely, it wasn't a matter of how much we're charging. It was get here because we've got water pouring into the roof space. Off the back of that, yes, you've got to be a little bit smart about how you charge. And there is, off the back of that, there is a lot of repairs. So I think in, what was it? March, probably April, I think we were getting, we got 300 work orders, emergency work orders just to go and sort people's roofs out. So that's put a tarp on it and, and walk away. So now a lot of the clients are getting their money from insurance. And because we were that first point of contact, we're going back to actually repair. So 300 jobs is probably going to turn into, I don't know, maybe another 150. Mm, I've spoken to an insurance broker before about this and he sort of told me, he showed me the rates that a lot of plumbers and electricians were charging the insurance companies and they weren't amazing. However, it is a foot in the door and you look at how hard it is to get an initial client through SEO or advertising like what Rob does, or you go and do a paid job and it's an opportunity to meet a customer hoping to get additional work. So if you look at it like that, you sort of got to take one to get one. You know, it is a good opportunity and a lot of those insurance jobs, there might be a lot of tie kickers out there trying to get stuff done cheap, but there's a lot of genuine, genuinely good clients out of that as well. Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, you're there on site, you're fixing, you know, block stormwater, for example, for our side of things. And, you know, they might say to the guys, while you're here, yeah. can you replace the toilet? Yeah. So because you're already there, it turns into another job and it's and it's worthwhile. Yeah. Well, that's why it's important to upsell because the hardest part is getting a client. So I say to my boys, you know, it's the the biggest step is to get into someone's home. It's their biggest asset. They treat it like their home rather than a job. And rather than doing a thousand jobs, let's do five hundred at double. So while you're in the home, upsell, make the most up. You know. Highlight things to the client rather than just selling things. Maybe just say, "Oh, how about this? You know, have you have you thought about changing your lights to LED or whatever it might be?" So, I try and train the guys to do that. It's hard to incentivize them, and I don't know if you do that, Dan, but I, I don't. And it's definitely something I'd like to do to sort of say so they got this sort of finger in the pie with the with the profit. But yeah, you just got to train your guys. Do you do any sort of profit share or anything like that with your guys or you know, remuneration? Is that the word? Remuneration. Remuneration. You got based it. off what they sell. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I'm, I had a conversation with my guys yesterday about actually on the on the maintenance side of things. Clients will sniff a. Poor salesman mm. a mile away. Yeah, yeah. With your business, you, the authenticity comes through and you can actually tell your guys are there to help rather than, I think you mentioned it before, a lot of these big sales companies, I won't mention names, but they can smell them a mm. mile off. With my guys, what I've done is I've said to them, look, I'm going to give you 10% straight off the top of anything that you upsell. 
So I don't want you going around sniffing people's houses to try and find the job. But for example, you know, I'm, I'm reading reports at night of the guys, what they were doing through the day. And I'm noticing straight off the bat, there's comments that, hey, I think we should return mm. and do this. That could be a $600 job yeah. that we've missed because the girls in the office aren't really experienced enough to go, okay, well, maybe we should go back and do this. Whereas my guys on site are. So I've said to them, look, you sell 6000 bucks worth of stuff for the month. That's 600 bucks straight in your back pocket. Yeah. Boys, don't, whatever you do, don't underestimate the impact of that on your staff. And the reason I say that is because my son works for Mazda. And what his job is, so if you own a Mazda, you drive your car in there, it goes and gets serviced. And he's only, he's been in that job now for about four months, four or five months or something like that. That's still on a probation. But one of the things that he's most excited about, because he's on a fixed income, is the commissions that he actually gets. And I saw him the other day and he said, Dad, I, I, I clocked like 1300 bucks worth of commissions this month. And I said, well, that's like an extra pay, an extra paycheck in your month, isn't it? He goes, I oh, know, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. It's like, and every time he would, he's not upselling. That's, that's what you said. He's not, he's just saying, oh, well, if we do, I think there's certain tests that they do on the car, like diagnostic tests that they do. And he gets, it's like $60 for a customer, but he gets like $15 of that. And every time they do that, they have like 300 cars a day coming through their service department. He's just upselling a diagnostic like that and, or he's getting new brakes or he's getting new something. And it's kind of, they're, do, they're there anyway. They're doing it anyway. It's exactly what you're saying. But he's not, as you say, out there looking to try and upsell you into that because the customer can smell that a mile yeah, away. I think highlighting is probably a, a more suitable word for my staff. I'd rather say to the guys, okay, highlight things that might be wrong than I'll go out there and try and have you know, a conversation. Yeah, have a conversation with them. And I always say to the boys, on every single job, I want a photo of the switchboard because pretty much 95% of switchboards need something done to them. Mm. And if they send me a photo, there's asbestos, there's an old rotten wooden enclosure, I'll go out there, meet the client, and it could turn into a $5,000 job yeah. just by them simply sending me a photo or shooting me a call or FaceTime me or whatever. So I think it's important to highlight to the boys. And I say to the guys as well, like even if it's not commission-based, the busier we are, the more work you have. And the more work you have, the longer your empo- employment is. So it's not just about paying people per job. It's about keeping everyone busy and keeping everyone employed as well. I think the same theory is true there, sorry, Dan. I think the same theory is true there for Cameron at Mazda when they put the vehicle on the diagnostic and they charge somebody 60 bucks for that diagnostic, whatever it is, can get 15 bucks or that small percentage that he gets, that little clip. But if the mechanic finds something on the diagnostic, that's like a switchboard, isn't it? It's like right. you're taking a photo of the switchboard, that's like a diagnostic. Yeah. And then it's up to you to actually do that. And it's up to the mechanic to say to the service person like Cam to go back to the customer, hey, we found this on the diagnostic. Lucky yeah. we checked. It's not like you're selling them stuff that they don't need. And well, with, you're I don't it. know about plumbing, but yeah. with electrical, it's generally stuff to make people's homes safer or save them power. So I don't know what the equivalent is in plumbing, but for electrical, I think it's really important. And, you know, I think if you leave someone's home, leaving it safer than the way you found it, I think it's a win. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, agreed. Things like isolation valves in units, stuff like that, you know, someone knocks a tap off in the middle of the night and they can't turn their, their water off in the unit, that creates hell of a lot of damage, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, switchboards, it's, it's as long as you leave doing it in an authentic way, people will join in. Yeah, great advice. I just want to back up just a sec there, Dan, because Jamie sort of asked you about when you first kicked off having that support network with the franchise, it was really good. I know when you started your business, you had a business partner as well, right? So, were the, were the pair of you new to business? Were you pretty green around the gills or had he had some experience? Yeah, so I was I was part of the laser group for about a year or year and a half before my business partner came on board. So we were both running independent businesses. He is a very systems and processes orientated sort of guy, but sort of the sales side of things, he wasn't really great on. So the two of us combined was, was fantastic. For a while. Good combination. So what made you find a partner after a year and a half? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think the struggles that I've gone through with the mental health side of things, I've very I've learned to to go and ask for help. And this just opportunity fell in our lap. We were both at a plumbing supplier whinging about the same thing. And we sort of just went, hey, let's go for a coffee and just talk. And end of the coffee just went you know what, let's just join forces. You know, I had a couple of tradies and an apprentice and he had an apprentice at the same time. So, yeah, combining both skills and workloads sort of created quite a good business. And it worked well? 
Up until Up until it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leading. I'm leading the witness yeah, there, Your Honour. Um, <laughs> no, so things are still all right. We have decided as of June 30 that we're going to go separate ways. No sort of hard feelings or anything like that. It's just simply I want one thing, he wants another, and it sort of became time that after four and a bit years, it was time to sort of separate. We built a great business. We've got some great systems and processes in the back end now because he's really helped with that. We've got a great pipeline of work, so. Yeah, it's just just time to separate. How do you feel about it? Yeah, fantastic. Oh, you um, feel good about it? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. The support of the guys that for in our team is is amazing. Had calls, text messages. You know, they're all fully supportive of staying on board with me. Yeah, it's a great feeling. And uh, and do you sort of wish him well in the new ventures, or are you kind of like a bit like neutral about it all? No, I completely wish him well. Well, that's good. You, yeah. you haven't kind of completely killed the relationship. No, I, I I'm not into burning bridges. I think. You know, there may come a time in the future where he needs me or I need him or... And I think that goes for anything in life, really. Don't burn bridges. Sometimes things come, things come to a natural conclusion. They just die on the vine. There's, yeah, you know, well, you I want think, to do different I things. I think when you put two, two males or females together in business, it's hard to keep their goals aligned because they might start aligned, but then they can go in completely different directions. And, and if they're going in different directions, it's hard to keep a business together. And the most common thread I'm hearing with partners that are sort of separating, I'm not suggesting this is with you, Dan, but I'm doing more than him or he's holidaying more than me or whatever it might be. And it's it's never even. I think that's if you do decide to go into partnership, don't expect it to be 50-50 because it never will be. And that seems to be the common denominator in all arguments in partnerships I hear about anyway. What about you, Dan? Definitely not the case for this one. I don't think either of us will ever say that he did more work than I did. Every day we we both showed up, we did our roles within the business, and I think that's super important for anyone that is going into business together. Really nut out your roles and and what you're good at and what you like doing and stay in your lane. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's my greatest piece of advice for anybody that's going into business with somebody else. Yeah, so back to the book. So... We you sound like we Jocko. Don't, we, <laughs> we, we don't just have a plumber on the podcast, Rob. I'm just, I'm just going to highlight this. We've actually got an author, so it's the first author we've had on the podcast and first plumber at the same time. So congratulations on that, Dan. So based on the success of the book that you've already had, do you think that's made you develop as a business owner as well? I think I developed before I wrote the book. Going through, and I would say this to absolutely anybody, Make sure you've got a mentor or a coach and that will really push you out of your comfort zone. That's that's my probably greatest piece of advice. So I was never going to go and write a book if I was not in a state that I was right to betray my message. So, yeah. So let's let's pull on this thread a little bit. Tell us about the book and, and what's the background to it? The background's my story. So as I said, I touched on earlier this morning, this early in the podcast, I had a real struggle with mental health around the age of 24. I had started my business, married early. There was a few complexities, a few miscarriages and stuff like that, which which really played on my mental health. My wife, she was really pushing for an overseas trip as a sort of honeymoon. And I said, babe, I've just started a business. I can't sort of up and leave. So the relationship was probably the worst that was at that. So I basically just said to her, look, go on a Kentucky tour with your friends. I'm not going, I'm staying with the business. And while she was away, I I planned to disappear and I had the plan. It was all sorted. I think anyone that's in Sydney knows the road that I'm about to talk about, the M5. I was coming up from the airport, far left-hand side, the M5 head west, right-hand side heads back to the Shire where we're from. My plan was after work, basically get on the M5 and I was going to drive to Perth, start a new life because I couldn't handle it. But the problem with that is I was still going to be on the other side. You'll take yourself to Perth. <laughs> Correct. And I turn up with all my problems. So I was lucky at that time. I'd been given a phone number of a, a guy in the Shire. His name's Scott Franklin. Lucky there was heavy traffic on the M5 lead up that day. I'd made the call to him and said, mate, this is my plan. You've got about a kilometre to convince me why I need to come to your office. So we had about 45 minutes <laughs> in this yeah. bloody town we live in. Yeah. Thank God for traffic. Eh? Yeah, thank God for traffic. <laughs> so, yeah, convinced me I jumped in the right lane and, and got to his office within about, yeah, 45 minutes and an hour and a half later he'd completely changed my life. Beautiful. What, what, what did he – is there a thing that he said to you that made you realise or 
is it just the totality of that conversation? Yeah, the whole conversation. I actually sat in my car for about 45 minutes after the session and I, I couldn't move. It's like the weight of the world had been lifted off my shoulders. Well, what's an example of something you said to you? Like how can he change your mind so quickly in an hour? It was more going in and, and talking about your trigger points. And for me, anger was my huge thing. I was a very, very angry person. And to the point where I'd wake up in the morning at nine and it would take nothing for me to go to an 11. And I was angry because I was angry. I was just in this spiral. I couldn't get out of it. And just a lot of the techniques that he uses, I don't really want to go into the techniques that he uses because I actually really want people to go and experience it for themselves. It's He's not a psychologist, he's not a psychiatrist, not that there's anything wrong with that whatsoever, but at that time, an angry 24-year-old male, I, I just, the vibe for me, the, the psychologist side of things, it just didn't vibe for me, but walking into Scott's office, he's a six-foot-five, covered in tattoos, he just got out of jail for, for some offences, and he learned these techniques in jail, and he's come out and he wants to better the world. He was the right person for me at the right time, and, you know, a psychologist, psychiatrist may be the, the right person for you at the right time, but I really just am a huge advocate of people putting up their hand and getting that help that they need. And this Scott guy, is he still doing what he does? Yep, he does, yep. Might need to get his number, Rob. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it in the show notes for people that are a little bit having a bit of a hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah why not? He calls himself, like, he's an emotion coach, basically. So there's an emotion, there's a trigger attached to that emotion and, and to go in and change your thinking around that. So, and it's all around. So for me, I could never be relaxed. What did I, I always wanted to be relaxed. So we had to go in there and turn some triggers off to make sure I could get into that relaxed state. And don't get me wrong. I didn't go into his office, click my fingers an hour and a half and I'm done for life. It's been a process of going back and seeing him. He's also got a program called, it's like life by design. So he goes into like seven facets of your life and, you create goals and, and set goals around those those things and you've got clear direction about what you want and, mate, it's it's so freeing. Mm, I think it's important and I'm a big talker about my problems and I talk to Rob about my problems a oh lot. Oh, my God. I think and I'm I, like the emotion <laughs> coach over here sometimes. <laughs> and I, I often see him glazing over, so thanks for your <laughs> undivided attention, Rob. But, for my empathy. No, but what I'm, what I'm trying to get to there is I think it's important to talk about your problems and the reason for, the reason for that is it makes you feel better because usually the person you tell them will go, oh, I'm going through that too or I know someone who's been through that because when you don't talk about it, you think it's just you going through the problem and if I've got a problem with my children, my wife, something at work, and I talk about it to another business owner, one of my friends, or another parent, it makes me feel better because they're going through the same thing. Because I think, oh wow, it's not just me. It makes it not only feel better, and they might give you some tips or tricks or advice like you've just shared with us, Dan, about someone you might be able to see to help with that problem. So, voice how you're feeling. It doesn't have to be on social media so everyone knows about it. Speak to someone tight that you can trust. And they might be able to refer you in the right direction or give you a tip or trick or refer you, a, you know, someone like you just mentioned with Scott, Dan. Yeah, I think the, the point that you made just then, business owners need to sort of support other business owners. It can be lonely at the top. Like I'm the support for a lot of my guys and I know you are too. Sometimes us as business owners, we take on the weight of the world and we actually never go and seek the help. So, you know, a phone call to, to Jamie might just take away a bit of stress for that day because he's experienced something that week. So I'd just encourage business owners to actually just have a chat. Mm. I'll give you an example of a bit of frustration I went through yesterday, which might be funny or might not be, but I was having a bit of a tough time with a supplier, believe it or not. I was in at the wholesale the no, other day. No. And I was frustrated that I had to make a, a, numerous trips back to the supplier, which wasted time, fuel, Etc. to get more material. Anyway, I'm pulling some lights off the shelf and I get a phone call from one of our staff. And I'm like, oh, he just obviously wants to know what he's doing or, you know, some advice on a job. Anyway, the first thing is, hey, Jamie, how are you? I just knew in the tone there was something wrong. <laughs> I said, yeah, good, Brad. How are you? He goes, not good news. I said, oh, fuck, what is it? <laughs> anyway, he goes, I've just reversed into another car. I was like, fuck. <laughs> and I said, all right, I said, I'm not in a really good frame of mind right now to be able to help you, so I'll give you a call back. Anyway, I pulled the light off the shelf in the wholesaler. I lifted it over my head and smashed it <laughs> on the ground. Anyway, the guy behind the counter looks at me and goes, 
Well, <laughs> looked the other like whistling and walked the other way. Luckily, it was only a forty-five dollar light, so I had to pay for that one as well. But sometimes it does get hold of you, and you need to get it out. And that was my way of getting it out. Whether it be go in the car and meditate, relax, ring someone, smash something, as long as you're not hurting anyone, obviously. But that was my outlet at the time, and I don't. It was probably wasn't the most mature. But it made me feel a lot better. I called him back in five minutes and said, I'm feeling better now, so tell me what happened. <laughs> and everything was okay. It wasn't yeah, so yeah, bad, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think the key is you need to get it out, whatever the means is. Hit the punching bag, scream, meditate, ring someone. Mine at the time was smash something, which I don't agree with. But it made me feel a hell of a lot better. <laughs> did you did you have something to help you with your anger management before you met your your coach then? No, definitely not. That's the problem, right? Yeah, I was just boiling. All what what the were time. you? What just things would just upset you? Someone cut you off in the traffic, or what? What was it that was so just causing the problems? Everything, basically everything that you do is is learned, right? So it's an environmental. So they say that everything, a lot of your life is is created from the age of five to twelve, and then they're the habits that you pick up. So. For whatever reason, I picked up anger, and it's been it's been the way through primary school, high school, starting business, and it just got to a head where I just could not take it anymore. I was very, very driven. So Haley and I, we bought our first unit at nineteen, did that up, sold it for the place they're in at Janelli. We did that up, sold it. So I've always pushed and pushed and pushed. And, and all stressful things for a young oh, person, mate. Huge, mate, and the I guess the candle burnt to the end, and yeah, yeah, it just fell off the perch. Yeah. And and now that you've now that you've got I know writing is a very cathartic thing to get these things out. I know the genesis of me starting a podcast was writing a book and it was all just too hard for me because I'd write I was I think about 150 pages into it and I was sort of like, you know what? I feel like I've got to go back and revise my opinion because my opinion changed like 15 minutes ago and I've written that like 3 weeks ago. I've, and I just kept going back and forth and flip-flopping on this thing. So for me it was about wanting to share my opinion and my thoughts and a better way to express myself was doing it in this format via audio. It seems a whole lot better to do it. But now that you've been able to, you've been able to close that gap from all of the problems that you've had and to get it out and write a book and to be engaged as a speaker and doing all of those things, do you see other tradies and other people and go, man, that guy needs a little bit of help. Hey, you know, if everything all right, are you trying to, do you feel like you need to help people and save the world in the process? People are only going to get help when they feel like they need it and want it. You can't push personal development down someone's throat. You can't kick their door in. I'll give you an example, and I don't think he's going to mind me saying this, but, you know, I've got an apprentice at the moment. He he hasn't had the best upbringing in the world. He's had a few things not go his way. He's only young. He's only 18. And I'd suspected for a little while that he was smoking pot, and that was really starting to affect his work. And I think as business owners, we can really change our industry. We, we, I could, could have turned around and just sacked this kid straight off the bat and what effect that could have had on him and the rest of his life. He, he may never have got another plumbing job. He may, who knows what, what could have happened. So I sat him down. I just said, mate, this is an opportunity for you to learn. I'm, I'm happy to mentor you if you want. And I've done it for a couple of guys. I've sent, him, sent them up to Scott. I've paid for him to go up there and you can see the benefit. Not only does that benefit him, but it benefits my work as well. You know, he's be- he shows up better. He wants to be engaged in the business and he's he's the one that's going to fly the flag, the, the laser flag. He's going to, guys, come and work for, for Dan. He's a real good guy mm. or, or whatever it might be. So you, you attract a better culture, you attract better staff, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So there's such a flow on effect. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with that, Dan. I say at ProMage Electrical, you're not only going to come to our company to be a better electrician. We want you to leave here being a better man or woman. There's a lot of life, life lessons that I can hopefully teach because I'm older. And we've got a couple of guys from New Zealand that have come over and work with us and they're absolute legends. They're younger in their early 20s. And I know that their parents would look up to me to go, well, you're looking after our kids in Australia, so please make sure you do a good job. So I take that really seriously. And I think as business owners out there, you need to treat it more than just a business. It's a family. And if you guys, you know, need your hand like you've clearly showed at Laser Dan, you've got to put your hand out and help. 
know, you know, pull them, you know, help them out of the trouble they're going through rather than just looking at it purely from a business point of view. And if you help them and you're successful in what you're doing to help them, they're going to tell other people and they're going to be, you would think, a lot more loyal to your business on the back of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, well said. Just uh, let's close the let's close the loop here on the segment and I want to do that by asking you the relationship that you've had with your business partner over the last couple of years has been, seems like pretty good. And as things come to an end, it's not always beer and Skittles. It's not always smooth sailing. Have you been able to use the tools that you've learned, that emotional healing that you've gone through to help you to transition here? Yeah, definitely. I think making sure you, you show up for yourself, it is asking for, for the, the help from, from mentors. Look, the hope that it was always going to hand, end on a handshake, yes, but there are components of separating a business that you have to go legal, unfortunately. You know, there's ASIC involved. You have to get solicitors involved. It's That's not always nice. But it's not malicious. It's not malicious, but you just have to make sure that, you know, Ben's covered, I'm covered, our families are covered. You do things in the right way. And no matter what happens, as soon as you start to get solicitors and lawyers involved, people's noses are going to get out of joint. Mm, but it is threatening, yeah. Yeah, it is a bit threatening. But for me, I know that on the other side of it, as long as you act in an authentic way, you know that you're going to come out the other side, you're still going to have a relationship. There's no malice in it. That's the way you've just got to deal with it. Yeah, yeah beautifully said. You know, I, I think of it, from a parenting perspective, particularly with younger kids, you're going to find this out with your daughter as she gets a bit older. My daughter and one on the way, <laughs> and one on the way. My daughter is my daughter's 15, going on 35, and uh, every <laughs> and, and sometimes she's just like 15, right? Like she just doesn't know about the world. She doesn't know about these things, and she'll say something or do something or behave in a certain way. And I think this applies to life as much as it applies to parenting. But I find myself more often than not in a fork in the road of parenting. And it's a little bit, you said with that guy that was smoking pot, that apprentice, he was not doing so well. You're in a, you're faced with a, a choice. So I could either be remembered for being the guy that fired him and he never has another job ever. And over it, over there in that universe, he ends up as a druggie, as a junkie and not been able to sustain his life because of all sorts of bad things. Or I could give the guy a second chance and help him out and do the right thing. And I think what you're talking about here at the end and the dissolving of a relationship is several forks in the road, constantly and consistently and you're not used you're not you don't have to make decisions like that big life-changing decisions like that frequently so being able to maintain that heart-centered place that you're coming from because you seem like a really calm person your demeanor is really calm compared to this guy here he seems really wound up for some reason throwing shit in wholesalers and stuff well, like that actually i wanted to ask good, you a bit a more train. about that dan so regarding the anger thing that you sort of went through through your early, early 20s is that something you ongoingly manage or it's something that it's eliminated altogether? No, it's definitely something that I manage. So I think we've all been guilty of it. You go and thread a, a bit of whippersnipper wire and a whippersnipper. We've all been there and got the shits with it. So if I'm doing that on a Saturday morning and I can feel myself starting to go a little bit angry, I'll go and do something about it. Be it an exercise, be it, you know, mountain bike ride, be it a meditation, whatever it might is be. Is it something quick or is it completely changing what you're doing? It's something quick or it's just catching yourself in the moment. You're just like, just, mate, what are you doing? Just settle down. And, and it's really about checking in with yourself, having a look in the mirror and going, how do you actually feel today? Okay, like, so run me through, like I'm, I'm interested for my personal growth. So say you are feeding some cord into a whippersnipper and it's getting frustrating and you're tempted to you know, break it over your knee. So what's, what's that trigger for you to realise, okay, I'm getting overwhelmed here, then what do you do? It's really about perspective, right? It's like it's something that you learn, right? So I didn't learn this at 24 and a half after seeing Scott. It's something that I've now 31, I've worked at. So when you start to feel like that, you go, I don't want to feel like that. I want to feel happy. So what am I going to do to do that? Well, I'm just going to chill out. And I'll thread it like a normal person rather than just, you know, smashing it over my knee because I have been that guy that's thrown weaver snippers over my back fence and all that. I've been that guy, right? I just want to huck this thing down there. Yeah, and you turn around and you go, now I've got to go and knock on the neighbour's door and say, can I get my weaver snipper back? You look like a goose. What's it doing over here? Get over here. Exactly right. So... I've had too many instances of that where I'm oh, sorry for breaking this or sorry. And you just, you look like an idiot. No. So 
I don't want to feel like that anymore. And, you know, you wake up every morning and you go, well, I don't want to feel like that. So how do I want to feel and what's the opposite? So that's how I really check in with yourself. And it's just catching yourself in the moment. I heard Joe Rogan say the other day on a, I think it was a podcast or a YouTube video, it was like, imagine there's a documentary crew following you around, filming your every move. And that documentary is going to be shown to your kids when they're older. And would you want to be seen doing what you're doing now? So imagine you're being filmed. And I thought, you know what, that's a really good way to think about it. If I'm feeding whippersnipper cord into the whippersnipper and I throw it over the fence, do all my kids to see that? And the answer is definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. So be conscious of that. And I suppose, I suppose the thing is I'm asking is how do you actually pull yourself out of that when you just, because you know, like sometimes it feels good to be angry. I'm like, you know, I deserve to be angrier now. It's like when I have a pity party, when, I'm, when I have a bad day, I'm like, I like to have a pity party. And what I mean by that is like, I like to have an hour or two where I feel sorry for myself. I suppose it's important to make sure that that hour or two doesn't go into days and days, but I like feeling sorry for myself sometimes. I like just sitting there and going, you know what, and sort of reflecting on my day and what I what I could have done better. So That happens to all of us. It's yeah. not all jokes aside. That's like part of the human experience. You, when, when things don't go right in your world or you're not comfortable with things, it's like it's shit. Mm. It feels shit. And you've got to allow yourself to experience those emotions. I think that's a mistake that we make as males is that you're not supposed to cry, you're not supposed to have these emotions, you're not supposed to have these things. But I consistently throughout the day feel these things mm. all the time. Yeah, it's normal. And I'm trying to hold it together in front of a team of 15 or 20 people yeah. or I'm trying to get to some point or I have some sort of undue pressure on myself and I'm just, I just don't need to do that in my life. You know, you've got to give yourself a bit of a break and chill out, right? Yeah, but it's your responsibility not to stay there. So there's nothing wrong with, as you said, if you want to sit in your own pity for an hour or two, well, so be it. But make sure you come back to centre and yeah. make sure you do something yeah. about it. My greatest problem was I was stuck in anger. Mm. There was no other emotion. Well, there was emotions off the back of that. My my pendulum swung around like the breeze would change. So it's making sure that you you have that anchor, you come back to it. You know, you can't stay in centre all the time because, you know, you won't feel emotion. And it is good if, to feel emotion, but just don't be stuck in it. Yeah, beautiful. All right, let's take a break and close this one out. gentlemen it's been an absolute fantastic podcast thank you so much for coming dan down here dan i really appreciate it mate thank you very very much for having me yeah thanks for coming down dan really appreciate it officially a plumber and an author all in one yeah it's fantastic it's congratulations on that by the way we i always like to ask the guests at the end of the show here we covered a, a lot of ground as we always do on these shows is there anything else that you wanted to add I don't think so. Other than my passing message, I guess, would be for business owners, just make sure that you really start to check in with yourself. Your emotions affect everybody around you, your kids, your wife, your parents, the workers, your suppliers, absolutely everyone. And there's nothing wrong with smashing a light in a, in a supplier. Maybe don't. As, maybe uh, don't do that. As long as you pay. As long as you pay for it. Uh, pay. It's yeah. It's just making sure that you check in with yourself. Make sure you have those releases and and a mentor. I think they're the they're the keys to success. Yeah, that's a simple message that we all too often forget. So really appreciate you sharing that. Mate, if people want to get a copy of your book, what's the best way? Yeah, it's currently on Amazon. So if you search The Centered Tradie, you'll be able to get a, either ebook or hard copy. I am in the process of doing an audible version. God love the bloke that's going to help me. He, he does have cancer at the moment, so I'm not going to push him. It's It'll be what it'll be. So. It's a, it's a love project for him. He was the first person to throw his support behind me. So, yeah, just happy to wait for, for that. Awesome. And I'll put the link to the book in the show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, just have a little peek at your phone and make sure you click that link and go and grab a copy of Dan's book over there. And if we want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Instagram, Facebook. You can find Laser Plumbing Carrying Bar. There's a million ways to, to find people these days. Clients seem to find me on every other WhatsApp and whatever. So I'm sure you'll be able to find me. Too easy. And I'll put some links there as well. So make sure you reach out and connect with Dan, say g'day, share your stories, and I'm sure he'll share some wisdom with you. Jamie, is there anything else you want to add, mate? I've thoroughly enjoyed it. We're in our new podcast area at my house at Kernel. So podcast number two from here, it's, it's a nice outlook, not as nice as the old place at Cronulla looking over at Shark Island, but mm. it's the next best thing. So yeah, thanks again for joining us, Dan. Truly appreciate it. Once again, Rob, another 
amazing podcast for you. I think number 66 now. So we're on fire at the moment. So yeah, looking forward to another big year of podcasting. Yeah, another one in the in the bag, mate. I really enjoy it, man. I really enjoy these conversations. They're very, very important and they're understated. I think we need to talk about these things a lot more and talk about the things that are driving us emotionally and why we're doing what we're doing in business. If you want to connect with Jamie, the best way to do that is? At Pro Image Electrical on Instagram. Excellent. And if you want to connect with me, just rob.brass77 on Instagram as well. And don't forget to come on over and join the Electricians Co-op. You can find that link at theelectriciansco-op.com forward slash free. And you'll be redirected to a different community. You'll be redirected to the Conversion Logic community. I'm just busy building out the Electricians Co-op side of it over there. And you'll get a whole lot of other stuff in that community as well. It's a bit too hard to maintain two of them for myself personally. So what I'm going to do is embed that into the Conversion Logic one and you'll get some more tips, tricks, hacks, all that sorts of stuff over there in the Conversion Logic one. It'll help you with your business and your brand. And I encourage you to plug into the free Zooms that we've got and the free training that we've got there that'll help you to generate more business. So that's at theelectriciansco-op.com forward slash free. All right, let's wrap this one up. What have you got for us, mate? What's the what's the parting comment, the closing out quote for us today? Be so busy improving yourself that you have no time to criticise other others. I love it, man. You just can't be bothered with anybody else. That's a good way to close it out. Thanks for coming on, Dan. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Rob. See you, boys. Have a good day. Bye. I've been searching.